0: Uh, we're in a series of the Holy, on the Holy Spirit. And I, when I initially started this series, I thought the Lord was gonna have me go right into being led by the Holy Spirit, but He told me to start and back up a little bit and start with who the Holy Spirit is. We had to uh, establish some footing, some groundwork of who the Holy Spirit is. That He is very much a part of the Godhead. Right? Amen? He is not the, the redheaded stepchild of the Trinity. He is every bit a part of the Godhead. And He is equally important in our lives, in this day and age, to be interested in, know who the Holy Spirit is, and to flow with the Holy Spirit. True? So we saw that. We saw um, what he does when he comes into a person's life and how that changes and transforms them. That Jesus said, don't go anywhere till the Holy Spirit comes. You've got to be endued with power from on high. He told the disciples that. And they did. They listened, amen? And they were filled with the Spirit. And then we, we dove into the gifts of the Spirit. And the reason why we're in this is because if we don't think about the gifts of the Spirit, if we don't think about that we are, we are already qualified as believers to flow with the Holy Spirit and have gifts and operation in our lives for the benefit of others, then we will never look for them. Is that true? Is that true? Yes. You're not going to find something unless you're looking for it. Is that true? So <clears throat> we're in uh, 1 Corinthians 12. So if you'll turn over there with me. 1 Corinthians 12. 1 Corinthians 12 starts diving into this subject of who we are of and how we're going to flow in the holy spirit and with the holy spirit and his gifts. All right, so in chapter 12, we'll start in verse chapter 12 verse 4. There are diversities of gifts, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord, and there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. Amen, same God. Amen. Verse 7. We're going to key in on this, but the manifestation of the spirit is given to each one for who? The manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. Now, it's interesting, that word manifestation, it's kind of an old English word. We don't use that a lot, right? But it's a term that kind of presents its own definition when you say it. But the the definition, um, after I Googled it, right? Manifestation. An event, this is what manifestation means. It's an event. It's an action, it's an object that clearly shows or embodies something, especially a theory or an abstract idea. This is a manifestation. Listen to the synonyms, the synonyms, similar words of manifestation. A display, a demonstration, a show, an exhibition, a presentation, a sign, an indication. This is a manifestation. This is a manifestation. This is what the Holy Spirit wants to manifest in the lives of others so that it can be seen, demonstrated, shown, explained. Does that make sense? So the, the verse seven in this scripture of First Corinthians twelve seven says, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. The manifestation of the Spirit. So now he's about to list what these gifts are, right? And he just said that this, this outward showing, this display of the spirit is given to individuals, to each one for the profit of all, right? So what I want to show you here is that this list um, is not exclusive only to the work in the church among the body of Christ. Now... When this was written, Paul's answering questions from the Corinthian church because they were asking Paul, okay, we're we're understanding and we're getting a flow of these gifts, but we don't know how they work. So he's answering the question of the letter they wrote to him concerning spiritual gifts. Here's the answer. I'm going to explain it to you. This is how it works. So he's answering their questions right now so that there's there's less confusion. So I'm going to answer some questions right now so there's less confusion. This list... That he lists is not exclusive just to believers ministering to others, and I'm going to show you from Scripture what that looks like. Let's read through it, verse eight. For to one is given the word of wisdom. Right now, last week we talked about um, these gifts that they were that all nine of these gifts have categories. And we break them down so that we can understand how they function. But last week, we talked about the revelation gifts out of this list, the revelation gifts. That's the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits. We talked about that last week, okay? And uh, if you hadn't heard this stuff, go back. We've got them on the website. They're on a podcast now. So you can go back and listen to the different uh, series that you missed and get caught up if you want to, okay? So last week, we talked about this. That the revelation gifts, the word of wisdom, the word of knowledge, and the discerning of spirits are revelation gifts. They're things that you could not have known unless the Holy Spirit told them to you. Revelation gifts. So, verse 8. For one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge through the same Spirit, to another faith by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same Spirit, to another working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, To another, different kinds of tongues. To another, the interpretation of tongues. So there's nine gifts, right? There's nine gifts. Now, the revelation gifts, like I told you, we covered last week. You can go back and listen to that. Then there's speaking gifts. The speaking gifts are the ones that come out verbally. They are speaking, uh, speaking in tongues, interpretation, and prophecy. Now, when you want to find out what he's talking about in this scripture, you go back to the verse that precedes it that says the manifestation, right? The outward showing. The explanation, the demonstration of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all, okay? So it's for the profit of all. Now let's keep reading. Um, what I want to show you here is that the last three, the power gifts, are the gift of faith, which uh, translated, is actually better translated, special faith or a gifting of faith in that moment. The Amplified says, um, let me read it to you. It says wonder-working faith. So this is a faith that is... Uh, gifted by the Holy Spirit as he wills so that something can happen that's necessary for the gift of faith. Does that make sense? The Holy Spirit has to manifest to each one for the profit of all. That's what he's talking about in here. So I want to go through this list real quick, and I want to show you how these gifts of the Spirit are an operation in the church. They should be an operation in the church for the body of Christ, but that we also experience these things as individuals, separate from the giftings of the Holy Spirit. Can you do that with me? All right, so let's go to the first one. It says for to, for to one, verse eight, for to one is given the word of wisdom. Now, a word of wisdom, like we talked about last week, is where the Lord will speak something to your heart for somebody else because the Bible says it's for the profit of all. So it's for somebody else, that word of wisdom. In this setting, in a church setting, in a Bible, Bible study setting, he will give you a word of wisdom for somebody else. But how, how many of you know James 1.5 says, if any man lacks wisdom... Let him ask of God who gives to all men, right, mankind, liberally and without reproach. True? So you can gain wisdom from the Lord for yourself, for your own life, without the gift of the word of wisdom in, act, in operation in your life. Do you see that? It's for you. You can operate and access wisdom from the Lord. Is that true? From Scripture. Okay. So then the next one says, to another, there's a word of knowledge. A word of knowledge. <clears throat> now, a word of knowledge, the Bible talks about in Proverbs. In Proverbs it says that the beginning of knowledge is the fear of the Lord, right? You can't even even begin to think you know anything until you've said there is a God and He is to be revered. He is to be glorified, right? I mean, you can't even start. So you can access the knowledge of God without having a specific word of knowledge spoken into your life. You can gain knowledge, right? You can gain it from revelation from the word of God. Is that true? Can you get knowledge from the word of God without Right, without this specific, because when you're operating in a word of knowledge as a church person, right, and, you're, and the Lord gives you something to speak into somebody's life or to pray for something in their life that there's no way you could have known otherwise, then that's a gift of the Holy Spirit that he distributed to each one as he wills. But that doesn't mean you are without the ability to gain knowledge from the word unless he's operating in this. Does that make sense? So you can gain wisdom, you can gain knowledge. Let's keep reading. It's possible. Look at this. And then it says, to another, <clears throat> faith by the same spirit. Now, faith, we know we can't even be born again without faith, right? You cannot please God without faith, true? And, and Romans tells us in chapter 10, it says, faith comes by hearing, and hearing by the word of God. So you have to access faith in every area of your life for the rest of your life. Just get used to it. You got to live every, everything is by faith. If we're going to live this life, so In this case, he's saying, well, well, wait, now we can only get faith if if it's as the Holy Spirit wills. That's not what he's saying. He's talking about a special gifting of faith in the gifts of the Spirit for the profit of all. True? It's a manifestation. So we can access faith apart from this gifting for us. Is that true? Are you guys tracking with me a little bit? Okay, let's keep reading. This is important because it's going to help you understand that these gifts are not exclusive or necessarily inclusive for any few people. Like, we can access things in these giftings, but he also wants to use these gifts in the church, in the body of Christ, to help and be beneficial to other people. All right? But this is the beauty of it. As Christians, when we learn how these things operate in our own lives, when we can access wisdom or knowledge and faith in these others, You'll begin to recognize what it looks like so that when it prompts in on the inside of you and the Holy Spirit wants you to minister that to somebody else, you're already familiar with it. I know what that looks like. I've done that. Thank you, Lord. I know what I've gotten wisdom before. Thank you, Lord. So this is a word of wisdom for you. Does that make sense? We've got to learn to recognize these things. The next one, verse nine says, another, the gifts of healings by the same spirit. Is it possible for you to be healed apart from a gift of healings in this chapter? Absolutely, right? First Peter 2.24 says, by the stripes of Jesus, we were healed. Past tense. He was quoting Isaiah, and Isaiah says, by the stripes of Jesus, we are healed. Peter was looking back at the sacrifice that Jesus made and the stripes he took on his back, and he said, we are healed. It's already done. We, were, we, were. Yeah, it was, we are. We were. Thank you. He said, he saw we are in Isaiah, and then he said in First Peter, we were healed. It's already done. It's already done. It's a done deal. So we're not trying to get something from God. We're trying to believe about ourselves what's already true. Amen. It's true. That's This is faith. When you don't see it and you don't know it and you can't figure out how it's gonna do, but God said you were healed when Jesus took the stripes on his back and you say, well, then I'm healed. I had this conversation with Caden the other day. She She's 10, right? She tweaked her back. It, it almost made me laugh a little bit because 10-year-olds tweaking your back? I mean, what were you doing? But she's like, yeah, I did something and it's, and I was like, "Well, let's pray." So I just put my hands on her and declared healing and faith over, her and said, "Okay." And then after that, several times during the day, because I was working her, um, several times during the day, she was like, oh, "I don't know if I can do that because my back's kind of hurt." And I said, "Okay, well, listen. Did we pray? Yes. Did we believe when we prayed that God's the healer? Yes. Then you cannot keep telling me that your back keeps hurting, even if it's hurting. Don't speak it." You're just reinforcing things. Now, we've had this conversation. Don't look at me like a frog in a hailstorm, y'all. Just smile a little bit. We've talked about this stuff before. When you speak things into your life, you will cause them to happen. Even if it agrees with all the facts and the feelings, there are things you do not say and agree with the facts and the feelings when they're contrary to the word of God. If the word of God says you're saved, you're saved whether you feel like it or not. Well, I don't feel saved. Boy, I hope I make it to heaven. You just slap your neighbor for saying something stupid like that, wouldn't you? Because you know better. You're saved. You're saved. So the same thing is true. Why would it be any different that you're healed? You're healed. Okay. I'm, we're going to get into a whole thing on healing after this. I'm telling you, it's the next year. I'm not going to get, I'm not going to, I'm not going to wade into those waters just yet, but I want to challenge you. Think about what you're saying. Agree with God. Even if everything is screaming at you, just say it. Oh, it hurts. Say it. So I got Caden to quit saying that. Agree with God. I'm healed. And, you know, by the end of the day, she's like, you know, my back feels better. I'm like, well, thank you, Lord. It should. It should feel better. You can get healed. In your body, apart from the Holy Spirit ministering a gift of healing through you to somebody else. You do not have to wait for somebody else to minister healing to you for you to be healed. You can go to the Word for yourself. That doesn't mean you can't do that. I'm just saying it is possible for you to get healing for your body, for yourself, from the Word of God. True? That's another gift in here. Okay, verse 10. To another working of miracles. Now, hold on. Now, how can we get a miracle apart from the working of miracles? I've lived in them. I have been on an icy road, sliding out of control, where there is no possible way I'm going to stop, and I'm going to T-bone the car in front of me. I'm going to hit this thing because inertia and physics and geometry and everything else. I'm hitting this car, and I'm like, Lord, I need help driving. I need help. And then, seconds—not even seconds, split second—before I hit this car, my wheels grab and and I turn on ice. Figure that one out. It's a miracle. God has protected me and saved me apart from a working of miracles. Because I wasn't operating in a working of miracles, and nobody was with me operating in a working of miracles for me. I was just like, Lord, I need some help right now because this is going to be ugly. The, the word miracle means that um, it is a, uh, I'm going to read you the definition because I wrote it down. <clears throat> it's a, something that happens in you and that is apart from the natural course of events. It's something that you cannot explain. It's a surprising and welcome event that is not uh, explicable by natural or scientific laws and is therefore considered to be the work of divine uh, agency. Isn't that interesting? So when we say that uh, the birth of a newborn baby is a miracle, the truth is is that's not a miracle. That's how God established it. It's awesome, and we love it, but it's really not a miracle because that's the natural course of events, right? Women are like, you better watch it, son. I'm telling you, it's a beautiful It's a beautiful, wonderful thing, but as the definition of a miracle goes, it's in the natural course of events, right? Jesus needed to get to his disciples on the boat, right? The easiest route was to walk on water, right? But he wasn't operating in a working of miracles because he did that, the Lord did that for him to help Jesus get to the boat. Do you see that? That was a miracle. Anybody walked on water? Say, not yet, yet. right? So at some point... God wants to intervene in our lives, and he's going to work a miracle in your life, and it doesn't necessarily have to be attached to somebody operating in the working of miracles for you. It can happen that way and does, but it doesn't have to. You can experience a miracle apart from that. Is that true? So far, we've proven all of these. Are you guys tracking with me? Okay. Verse 10, To another discerning of spirits. Discerning of spirits. This is a gift where when you're in a, in a flow with the Holy Spirit, you can recognize that whatever's going on in this person's life is not just natural. Whether it's sickness or, or oppression or depression, something's going on in their lives and the Spirit of God will reveal to somebody that gets the discerning of spirits, a gift of, and they will know this is not just natural. We need to deal with the spiritual side of this. That's what discerning of spirits is. But at the same time, there are Cases and examples where, uh, the disciples and Jesus recognized that there was a spiritual activity involved so that, and they were able to deal with it or get away from it. Remember, Jesus was getting pushed to the brow of a cliff. He had said something and they were pushing him right to the cliff and he got lost in the crowd. You remember that? He, he knew something. This was, this was bad. This was off and he was able to slip away. And get away from it. There is, a, there is a way for you to understand that there's something going on in your life. The Lord will reveal things to you so that you can deal with the enemy the right way in your life without going through somebody else to discern saying, oh, you got, there's something going on here we need to deal with. Is that true? Now it's great when it happens because sometimes we're just oblivious, right? And the Lord in his grace and mercy and his Holy Spirit will reveal to someone to help us and deal with some things that are going on. But we can know on the inside of us, the Spirit of God can to help us to discern this isn't right. You need to deal with this. You need to take authority over this, right? Discerning of spirits. To another, verse ten, different kinds of tongues. Now, in King James, it says different kinds of tongue. Or uh, New King James, it says different. In King James, it says diverse, and it says kinds of tongues. Now, uh, this is a subject we hit two weeks ago, pretty much head on. So if you want to hear that message about speaking in tongues and the difference between this one and the one that comes when you're baptizing the Holy Spirit, um, you can you can listen to that again. I'm not going to dive back into that. But in the same flow of what we're talking about, you can experience speaking in tongues in your private life. Apart from the working of and the diverse kinds of tongues right here listed in the gifts of the Spirit. It is possible. Paul said, I pray in tongues more than y'all. And, I, and he, then he get, again said, I wish you guys all spoke with tongues. Why? Because he was dealing with the same stuff we are. People are like, I don't know about that tongue stuff. 2,000 years ago, I don't know about that tongue stuff. He's like, I wish you guys all did it. Because he is not. the Holy Spirit is not gonna make you do anything. He's not gonna make you uh, yield to him in a, in a gift of faith. He's not gonna make you yield in a word of wisdom for somebody. He's not gonna make you yield to him in the spirit. He is a gentleman. You remember that phrase? The Holy Spirit is a gentleman. He's not gonna force you to do anything. But when he gets a willing vessel that says, okay, Lord, just use me any way you want, I will do it. Then he's like, okay, now I got somebody I can work with right there, thank you, right? So in this, he's talking about the different kinds of tongues, meaning that there is a, a flow of speaking in tongues in a setting like this, in a church setting, where someone will say a message some sort of message in tongues. Now, by and large, nobody's going to understand that until the next one, which says, and the other, the interpretation of tongues, meaning that someone will speak in tongues as the Lord gives them the words to speak, and then right after that, in a church setting, someone will interpret that. Now, it does not say translate it. Those are totally different things. Interpret means you're going to get the gist and the idea of what God was saying, and you're going to minister that to the people. The Bible talks very clear about this. He says that you can speak in tongues, but there has to be an interpretation in a church setting. But he is not addressing, he is not addressing, the speaking in tongues as a believer when you are baptized in the Holy Spirit. Does that make sense? They're two separate events, two separate things. So we can experience this speaking in tongues. We can also experience this interpretation in tongues in our private lives. I have prayed in the Spirit uh, since I was twelve years old, and. Um, there are some weeks and months where it's a lot. And then there's other times when you just kind of get sidetracked. Anybody ever been sidetracked and forgot some things? But you get sidetracked and you just kind of forget. But there have been times in my life where I'm like, Lord, this seems pretty, uh, this, it seems pretty intense in my spirit. Whatever I'm praying about, I don't know what it is, but it seems intense. What, what am I praying about? And he will reveal to me, whether it's a picture or an idea or just a, a thought train, just in a moment of time, this, this is what you're praying about. And I'm like, okay, good, that's all I need to know. That's an interpretation, not a translation word for word. Does that make sense? So we're seeing these gifts of the Spirit where the Holy Spirit wants to move in our lives in the church and for others outside of the church setting. These are for the body of Christ to minister to people to see them um, come alive to the Spirit of God. This is for the profit of all. Does that make sense? So that means it doesn't just have to happen in these four walls. It can happen when you're at the gas station or when you're on your job. You might get something on the inside and you go, man, I need to pray about this or I need to say something to them. You might be the last person that has an opportunity to speak to them before they do something wild and rash. It it could be you. But we've gotta be willing and open to it to say, okay, this is for the church. This is for us to be a blessing, amen? And so when unbelievers come into our church and it happens all the time, people are getting saved in this church all the time, amen? That is... Such good news, right? We are a church where the lost get saved and the saved serve. That's us, that's West Side. So keep inviting your friends. I'm telling you, they'll get in here, the Spirit of God will get all over them and they'll get born again. It happens, amen? There's something that happens to a born again person that the Spirit of God wants to move in in that third baptism of the Holy Spirit. Move into your life and begin to flow and operate so that others can see the manifestation of the Spirit of God for the profit of all. It's for the profit of all. Does that make sense? This isn't something we want to just hoard and keep to ourselves. This is something we want to develop and use in our personal lives, in our personal lives, all those things individually in our personal lives so that we can express them as the Holy Spirit wills into other people's lives. Does that make sense? He's so good to us to teach us and train us in such a unique way on our own so that we can develop those same uh, giftings and habits and abilities that he's given us and then see them flow the same way through us to other people. That's exciting, isn't it? Am I the only one? I mean, it's exciting to, to get something on the inside. There is no way you could have known to say that to somebody else and them just go, wow, how did you know that? <laughs> I didn't know that. That was the spirit of God trying to access you to let you know He's thinking about you. He cares about you. He has a plan for your life, and what you're living now is not the end all. There is better. You get you get instant access to somebody's life when the spirit of God uses you to speak into people's lives. Instant, because they're just like there's just no denying it. Now, don't let any of the gifts uh, make you shy away or be bashful. Don't let any of them. He wants to use you in all of them, right? And it's it's distributed. Individually, whoever's available. I mean, the Holy Spirit will use who's available. If you're not available, guess what? You're not going to see it. But if you're out there going, Lord, use me today, use me today, and then He's going to freak you out. Guess what? Gift a miracle here it comes. Whoa, gift a miracle. Can we start with something a little smaller, right? Whoa, whoa, whoa. But he, somebody, somebody needs a miracle in your life. That's right. And He wants to use you. Somebody, we're looking at this list. And it's like, man, we've, we've, we've taken this list and we just said, okay, I will do that if, you know, he, he, he wants me to. We say that. Or he makes me is really what we mean. If he makes me, I'll do it. But he will never make you. Ever, 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 ever. If he'd make you do anything, he'd make you pay your tithes, right? He'd make you be nice to your spouse, right? He'd make you work hard on your job. He'd make you do these things that are good testimonies to him. He's not going to make you do anything. He wants willing and yielded vessels. <laughs> Thank you, Lord. You guys be nice to me okay i'll give you another example of um, I wanted to tell this because I, I flew through it i 'll give you this example of a miracle in my life the driving The driving thing was a miracle this one this one is i 'm still in awe of i was um, as a I was like a college student and Um, I was in the drive-through at Jack in the Box at 1 o'clock in the morning. Now, nothing good happens after 10.30. You guys know that, right? But when you're in college, you got to figure that out for yourself. So 1 o'clock in the morning, drive-through at Jack in the Box, getting some grub. After this, um, it was like a Christian youth, yeah, it was Christian. It's Christian youth get together, right? And uh, we're getting some grub, and I got caught in a crossfire of a gang dispute, and there were shots fired all over the place. Now, Two shots directly into my car on purpose by the gunman. And one bullet was found. The second bullet was never found. And I'll tell you why. It was a miracle. Because the bullet track came through my windshield from the opposite side through my windshield into my dash, hit my steering column, hit the key ring, those spring steel key rings that hold your keys, folded it out like a C shape, and and then no bullet. Now, when you track that line, the way I was laying down over the seat, it would have gone right into my thigh. I mean, there's just no question; it would have gone right into my leg. The line lines up. So I looked in the door, and I looked in the seat, and I looked around to find this nothing. Bullet was never found. That's a miracle. That's God protecting. First, last thing I said before we got shot at was, "Thank you, Lord, for protecting us." Last thing I said. I mean, if that's all you can come up with, just. Speak life, help, Lord, something. Don't just sit there. Don't, don't use the other four-letter words that come to your mind. Don't use those, right? Lord is a good four-letter word to use. Man, so this is, this is stuff you can experience where there was no one around me with the working of miracles, but the Lord provided a miracle for me to show me that it is possible. Miracles work, amen? It's impo- it's, it is possible, and it's important. So as we go into this, as we go into looking at these other gifts, I, wanna, I, wanted to, I wanted to start with that headline because I need us to understand that these are not elusive. They are very much attainable. And you're already experiencing a measure of them in your life already. Already. If you're, if you're living by faith in any way, you're experiencing faith. Now God wants to use you in another level of faith for somebody else. If you've experienced healing in your body. Anybody ever experienced healing in their body? Oh wait, come on now, right? That is a gift from God, right? And you have a story to tell because of that, and God can use you in a gift of healing for somebody else so that they have a story. Because they may not know how to believe, but God can use you, amen? Verse 11 says, and all these things, the gifts, the achievement, this is the amplified, and all these things, the gifts, the achievements, the abilities, the empowering, they are brought about by one and the same Holy Spirit distributing to each one individually just as he chooses. These are the gifts, the gifts of the Spirit, right? He's going to take these gifts and he's going to distribute them to willing vessels as he chooses, right? But you can operate in every single one of them in your own life apart from this giftings. It's a beautiful thing. Thank you, Lord. Okay, let's talk a little bit about the categories of these giftings. Now, the, the one we didn't cover yet was the speaking gifts, and then there's the power gifts. The speaking gifts are prophecy, speaking in tongues, and interpretation. And then the power gifts are the special faith, the gift of special faith, the working of miracles, and the gifts of healings. So we're going to cover a little bit of the ground if we can. And I've been instructed to not go terribly long because the kids go wild. So I'm going to try not to do that. (laughs) Okay. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14. Guy's doing okay? It's a little warm in here? Or is it just me? A little warm. Okay, we, somebody can push the button for me. We can bring it down just a little bit. First Corinthians 14, verse one, verse one, verse one. Okay. Paul has just talked about spiritual gifts in verse 12, or cha- excuse me, chapter 12. He's talked about spiritual gifts, how they operate. and then to make sure that we're doing it right, he gives us a whole chapter, right on love. 1 Corinthians 13. Everybody know that's a love chapter, right? Love never fails. Amen? So if we do all of this stuff and we don't have love, it is worthless. It might see some relief and some benefit to those we're ministering to, but profit to us, zero, unless we do it in love. So y'all get in love. It's easy. Just do it. Be nice. Love people. Okay? Then he goes back into, and he's going to talk about prophecy in tongues again. Now, he's still in this answering questions for the church. They're like, how does this work? We, we have these giftings, we got baptized in the Holy Spirit, we started speaking in other tongues. These guys are showing up, they're speaking in tongues in church, all through church. They're so excited about the gifts of the Spirit, they don't know what to do. Paul continues to answer these questions. So in verse 1 of chapter 14, he says, Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. Now that is not a suggestion. He said desire it. That's a command. Go after it. Why? Because that's what we're called to do. We're believers. We should look different than the world. We should act different, talk different, live different. We should be different. It should be noticeable. True? Was it noticeable in Jesus? Was it noticeable in Peter and Paul and John? These guys, when they would show up and they would start uh, operating in gifts, people would be like, well, we gotta go see what this is about. The Spirit of God wants to use us to be a blessing to other people. Desire spiritual gifts. Desire them, hunger for them. But especially that you may prophesy especially that you may prophesy. Now, prophecy is a, is a, is a cool one because um, prophecy can mean, uh, it can actually mean a prediction. It can be a future. It can be a foretold event. But prophecy is also, and very much included in the gospels, in an encouragement, good news, uh, an encouraging word for other people. I'll tell you what prophecy is not. Prophecy is never, it is never a word of judgment, of condemnation. It is never to bring people down, Ever. If you said, I have a word for prophecy and you're not gonna like it, you don't have it. That ain't it, right? It's always a word of encouragement. That's our father, right? He doesn't bring up our past. He brings up our future and our future's bright, true? Eternity-minded folks, right? We're living forever. That's a bright future and it starts now. So prophecy will always be, always be in a word of encouragement. And then that comes back to those gifts. Word of prophecy will be, always be a word of encouragement. Anybody ever gotten a word of encouragement from the Lord that wasn't from somebody else? You're just praying and the Lord just drops something in your heart. Man, it's so encouraging to get that, right? So you can experience what that is like. But he tells us, he says, especially that you'll prophesy. Why? Because it's a blessing to other people. But he doesn't negate all the other gifts when he says that. He just says desire this one because it's such a blessing to other people. Keep reading. Verse 2. For he who speaks in a tongue does not speak to men but to God. For for no one understands him. However, in the spirit, he speaks mysteries. Now he's talking about speaking in tongues again. Why does he keep bringing this up? Because it's important. Right? It's important. That's why he repeats himself he says when you speak in a tongue you're not speaking to men but to god Do you think speaking to god is important yeah it's important but he's saying that no one understands him and in the spirit he's speaking mysteries that means that you are declaring and decreeing things about your life in the future and of right now mysteries to god over your life you can pray the perfect will of god when you pray in the spirit over your life it is amazing. And then you do not get your head involved because your idea of perfect and God's idea of perfect are two very different things. And have you been married longer than two years, two months, two days? Whole lot of different thinking going on, right? Woo-wee! And same is true. Same is true. So he says, you speak mysteries unto God. But look at this. It says verse 3, But he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort. There it is. If you're prophesying, it's always going to be exhortation, edification, and comfort. Now, sometimes you're going to need to hear that from somebody else. And sometimes God's going to speak, to, speak that to you directly. But if you have ever been in a place where somebody spoke an encouraging word over you, you were grateful. True? True? I mean, I needed to hear that. That was like pouring water in me. Thank you, Lord, right? It was an encouraging word. That's what prophecy is designed to do, to edify, to exhort, to comfort, to encourage. It's designed for that. It's designed for it. That's why he said it's more important. He said that you, especially that you prophesy, but keep reading. He's not done yet. Verse four, he says, he who speaks in a tongue edifies himself. Now he is not saying that's a bad thing. He's just saying that's what you're doing. You're building up your spirit when you pray in the spirit. That's a good thing. That's a good thing. If you think that's too selfish, then you just stop eating. That's selfish. You're just edifying yourself. But it's true. When you pray in the spirit, you're building yourself up. You're edifying your spirit man, the inside of you. Same as partaking of the word, right? So he's not saying it's bad. He's just saying because it's unknown, you're edifying yourself. Keep reading. But he who prophesies edifies the church. Why? Because that's in a known tongue. Everybody can understand that. Of course, that makes perfect sense, right? I wish, here he is, I wish you all spoke with tongues, but even more that you prophesied. For he who prophesies is greater than he who speaks with tongues, unless. If you have your Bible, just underline unless, because this is where people like put a period and just and skip it. Unless. Unless in indeed he interprets that the church may receive edification. So in this verse right here, he puts speaking in tongues and interpretation on the same level as prophesy, exhort, encourage, comfort, exhort, encourage, and comfort. But he's saying if all you're doing is praying in tongues and there's no interpretation in a setting like this, then people aren't edified. They're not encouraged. Paul said, I'd rather speak five words in what you could understand than 10,000 words in a known tongue when I'm ministering. Cause, He was saying, I could come up here. I could just pray in the spirit the whole time. And you guys would be like, when are we having donuts? Right? I mean, you have no idea what's going on. But he said it's important that we do both. Prophesy, exhort and encourage, and then speak in tongues. Make sure that there's an interpretation. He is putting them on a level playing field. Does that make sense? So this this, uh, speaking gifts are awesome. Prophecy is meant for us to be a blessing to other people. Now, that doesn't mean you're a fortune teller and you're going to go get a crystal ball. And okay, now put your hand on this. And then I'm going to tell you something about yourself. Don't do that. That's goofy. It's weird, right? The world does that. They got all kinds of goofy stuff going on. But God wants to encourage us in what's coming ahead. Sometimes it will be foretelling. But it's not, it's not exclusive to just foretelling. Sometimes it will be. Most of the time, a word of prophecy for the believers will be an encouragement to you. Like water over dry ground. It was just like, oh, I needed to hear that. Thank you, Lord. Amen? It can even come in a text, a Facebook message. It's possible, right? God will use technology, but it'll work. But he said not to be denied is the opportunity to speak in other tongues and to interpret. Does that make sense? So these speaking gifts. These speaking gifts are designed for the body of Christ to be a blessing to other people. And it's no, it's no wonder that the enemy would try to get, get people off and get us goofy with these gifts. Because he was already addressing it with the Corinthian church. They got off. They were goofy. They were being weird about it. And he's like, listen, let's do everything decently and in order. He said, I want you guys, I wish you guys all were speaking in tongues. But in the church setting, you need to, somebody needs to speak in another tongue and somebody needs to interpret so that everybody can be edified. Does that make sense? But he's not negating the fact that there's still tongues going on. They're two separate events. So that is the speaking gifts. If we don't learn about what they are and recognize them, we will never use them. Just like faith, miracles, healings, uh, prophecy, speaking in tongues, right? These things, we'll never use them. Word of wisdom, word of knowledge, discerning of spirits. If we don't recognize what they are, we'll never use them. So we've got to recognize what they are. True? Okay. So in the power gifts, and and I'm almost done. Stay with me. You guys okay? Still a little warm. Did anybody push the button yet? Somebody could push the button down. We can get it cooler in here. Thank you, Lord. Okay, the power gifts. Gifts of faith. Gifts of healing and working of miracles. These gifts are meant to be a blessing to the body of Christ. There is going to come a time in your future if you are willing and hungry for the spiritual gifts that God will use you in this way. He will. He is is ready, willing, and able to use a willing vessel. A willing vessel. So the the interesting thing about this is that the Holy Spirit, uh, he's the one that distributes to each one as he wills. That means that you've got to, just like Jesus did, see something or hear something in your spirit before you act. It's important. Jesus did not act unless he saw and heard from the Father. It's true. So in these giftings, in these in these spiritual gifts, the Lord is going to begin to reveal things to you and show you things in your imagination. The imagination is not something that is just for children, right? Imagination is for adults. We're supposed to imagine things for our lives that the Lord will. He will uh, institute things in you, give you ideas, innovations. He will help you track with your imagination. But you've got to see some things first. So if you never think about, hey, I I got a word of wisdom for somebody. What would that look like to, to tell them? How would I approach a person? If you never imagine what that looks like, guess what? Deer in headlights, right? Like, whoa, hey, I didn't see that coming. I can't, oh, I'm not ready. But if you think about it, if you imagine what that looks like and allow the Lord to work with you in your thoughts and your ideas, he will direct you on how to use these gifts. He'll direct you. It's amazing. And the same thing's true with these gifts of healings, the workings of miracles, special faith. Now, these power gifts, these power gifts, healings, miracles, and special faith, all three are required to raise somebody from the dead. All three are required. It's just, uh, you have to, whatever they died from, they need to be healed of, right? A miracle is is somebody being raised from the dead. That is not the natural order of things. That's outside of, right? And fi- and that gift of special faith means something on the inside of you is like, this dude is not going to die today, right? Because the spirit of God on the inside is saying, Mm-mm, you go get him. Now we have modern day examples of people raising people from the dead by the power of the Holy Spirit. Modern day. I'm not talking about 2,000 years ago. I'm talking about this week, last month, all over the world. There's stories all over the place. All over the place. So it's possible for those that believe, right? What does the Bible say? All things are possible to them that Believe. believe. But if we don't know about it, you can't believe it. People that don't know that Jesus paid the price for their sin, that they can go to heaven, they can't believe in Jesus Christ until they know. That's why somebody needs to be sent. And somebody needs to preach, right? They need to hear the word and faith be generated in their heart so they can be saved. Is that true? That's why we're called to be preachers of the gospel and make disciples of all men, right? We have to do something so they can hear it, so they can believe. So something on the inside has to change in us. We've got to begin to focus on and do what Paul said. He said, desire spiritual gifts. Desire them. Have you ever desired something? I mean, just thought about it and you just, it just consumed you and you were going after some things. Maybe it was a goal or a dream or an idea. Could have been your spouse, right? You just desired somebody, right? It attracted your attention. This is the word he used when he said desire. Desire spiritual gifts. Make them the focus of your attention. I believe God wants to use every single one of us from the youngest to the oldest. In ways that would blow your mind, but fire you up for the kingdom of God. There is something that happens when you taste the Holy Spirit using you into somebody else's life. Man, it's like, ooh, I need some more of that. That was good. True? Anybody ever eaten in a restaurant and it was good? You just kept it to yourself? You rotten rascals. Tell somebody that place was good, right? You, I mean, you like, oh, you gotta, you gotta try this place. True? You tell people. This is what happens when we get to see the operation of the Spirit of God in our lives because it's good. And you're like, man, you should have seen what we saw last week. You should have seen what I saw yesterday. Oh, man, it's good. Well, we've got to go after it. We've got to hunger for it. We've got to desire it. We've got to think about it. So if you've got to put it on a, a Post-it note or a 3 by 5 card, right, you've got to put it on your phone where it reminds you every day, think about and desire the things of the Spirit. Get it on your heart. Get it on your mind. Think about it. There is nothing better in this life than living a life full of the Spirit of God, just in use and in operation. It is so fun to just get things prompted in your spirit and to pray, to see somebody know, oh, I can minister to them, or I can pray for them, or I can go to them. I mean, it's fun. It makes life exciting. It does. So I'm encouraging you and challenging you today that you have a gift and a calling that's inside of you. And you're not pigeonholed and stuck into any one of these gifts. The Holy Spirit can distribute to each one as he wills. Whatever the need calls for, a willing, and used, a willing and able vessel, he will use you if you're willing and able, right? That means we've got to think about it, true? So I want to challenge you this week, this month, this year, make some changes. Make some adjustments in your desires. God is, is a rewarder of the faithful. The Bible says that we've got to believe that God is and that he's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So if you're struggling in an area of your life where you're like, man, I need, I need a need met in this area. Something's not right. I, God, I need to hear from you in this. I need, something's got to change in my life. Start getting hungry for the things of God because he's a rewarder of those that seek him. If you want your life to change, you want things to be different, go after the things of God because He will chase you down and dump on you blessing. There's not room enough. He will just pour on you because you are a willing and useful vessel for Him. And his man, if, if they're going to serve me like that, I'm going to make sure everything that they need is taken care of and then some. I'm telling you, this is how it works. Seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And then all these things will be added. That means you didn't go get them. You didn't pick them up. They were added to you, right? Anybody had a kid sneak the cookies in the cart when you're in the grocery store or the chocolate milk, right? And you didn't see it because they covered it up with a jacket till it's checkout time. This is God adding it to you. And you're like, well, where did that come from? Usually I just go, well, thank you, Jesus. Let's run it through, right? This is what God wants to do to us. He wants to add things to us just because we're pursuing him. True? So that's the answer. If you came this morning going, I need an answer today, this is the answer. Go after God. Say, Father, I'm just, it's simple. It's an easy choice. I'm, I'm hungry for you, Lord. I want to see your hand move in my life. I want to see lives changed around me. I want your glory to come into my life and into those around me. I want to see Jesus come back with a shout. I want to be ready. Everybody I was supposed to minister to is with me. Thank you, Lord. Amen? That's the people you need.